0: This is Global Mining News, available worldwide on the internet. Welcome to the Northern Miner Podcast. My name is Adrian Pocabelli, your online editor and host. And happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian friends, including myself. Uh, We celebrate Thanksgiving about a month at least before our American friends. And we just had that holiday yesterday. So I hope it was a wonderful, restful time. I think it's just one of the busiest times of year right now. Everybody I talk to is sprinting, running at full pace. It's sort of like there's February, March, April, and there's October, November. It's a full sprint. So Lots going on. We have GMS. Speaking of sprinting, and make time for this one, Global Mining Symposium, the Virtual Mining and Investment Conference, November 10th and 12th, 2020. Go to northernminer.com/slash GMS. You can register for free, or you can become a sponsor. And you have a big blue button to register, you have a big orange button to sponsor. And I gotta say, it's great for sponsors. You got everybody right in front of their computer. And they show your logo a million times with really cool 80s music. Get in contact. If you're looking for our sales staff, just hit the contact page. Talk to Michael or Joe. They'll be happy to help you. They're both very nice individuals. The lineup is filling up. We have David Elliott, Vice President and Director of Haywood Securities. We have Serafino Iacono, the Executive Chairman of Grand Columbia Gold. We have John McConnell, President and CEO of Victoria Gold. And we have David Rosenberg. President and Chief Economist and Strategist of Rosenberg Research. And we have Mark Child from Condor Gold, Dr. Chris Hind, who writes for us regularly from Pick and Pen, Peter Ma, COO of McEwen Mining, and Rob McEwen, Chairman and Chief Owner of McEwen Mining, and many more. The conference is exactly one month and seven hours and 18 minutes away, so do not delay register today. This speaker list is just getting started, and already we have some major stars on it. And also, you can see on that page our wonderful ad done by Maladin. I played it last week, so if you want to just listen to it, it's very exciting and dramatic. For this kind of quasi-Thanksgiving episode, I thought we would turn to this groundbreaking of uh, the Cote Mine, which happened about five weeks ago. And you had the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau there, you had the Premier Ford, and you had a whole bunch of other dignitaries. You also had the Metagami First Nation Chief Chad Boisinault. And so there were several speeches that day. I took those three. Let's take someone who represents the country, the Prime Minister. Let's take someone who represents the province, the Premier. And let's take someone who represents the Indigenous community- Chief Chad Boisano from the Metagamy First Nation. So I thought that would just give us a really nice sample of what is happening in Canada. You know, they had a common theme in all their speeches. And that theme was jobs, jobs, jobs. And I think the real moral of this story, of course, this was only five weeks ago, is the value of the mining sector in the midst of a pandemic, when everything is kind of falling apart, you have this uh this rock hard mining. So all very, very interesting. I can speaking of rock hard though, I am I'm actually in the opposite direction. I'm in this crypto land, and there's pretty amazing things are going on over there. You know, my furthest kind of most far out ideas is like we almost need a crypto mining side to our websites. I don't think where any of us are there yet, including me. But this is huge. What's going on here? Probably a lot of you are more up to date on this than I am. But from when I gather, there is going to be a new internet, and it's not going to be owned by anyone. It's going to be a peer-to-peer internet. You already hear Jack Dorsey talking about this, and he's already talking. And he's Mister Bitcoin, a huge supporter. Square going into Bitcoin. And I don't want to get sidetracked here, but this is kind of uh, a big deal. Twitter itself is – Jack Dorsey is talking about how companies like Twitter are going to get away from this model of hosting everything and that really it's going to be this peer-to-peer, the same way Bitcoin works, this blockchain stuff. And, you know, I always thought this stuff was a little weird. I mean, my roommate back in 2012 when I lived in Montreal – He was talking to me about Bitcoin, and man, should I have listened. I was like, yeah, yeah, just give me the gold and silver, man. You know, meanwhile, Bitcoin has gone up like 100,000% or something like that. I think it was trading at 150, 200 bucks around then. And uh, yeah, now it's 10,000. Actually, Canadian, it's 15,000. So yeah, anyways, these are all US prices. So why I bring this up and how it makes it relevant is from this mining industry perspective, you know, let's not be last to come to the party. Let's figure this out ahead of time and figure out how that disrupts this industry. Because this blockchain stuff, there's going to be a new internet and it's going to be peer to peer. I mean, who knows? But this is how it looks like it's going. And all the smart money is kind of banking on this. So I think as we think about this industry We have to think how that affects it. And maybe it doesn't affect it very much, but it could affect how you do operations. It could. Who knows? And as I go deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole, the more I'm absolutely convinced that this is where things are going. And if you want to see hope, there's a new generation of economists that are coming out and they're like 25 years old. So don't delay. Start looking at this stuff now because you might as well look at it now rather than two years from now or six months from now when it's in all the headlines. Look at it now. So with that, if you want to find us online, you can find us at northernminer.com. You can find us on Twitter at Northern Minor. You can find us on Instagram at The Northern Miner. And you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can also find us on YouTube where we host these podcasts and wherever podcasts are available, including Spotify and Stitcher. And with that, let's turn to the news. And turning to the website, we're going to start in Australia. This is global mining news after all. And sometimes I get the sense that we don't really pay enough attention to Australia. And there is a pretty big story here. Northern Star, a company I've barely heard of, and Saracan, create $11.5 billion Australian gold giant. And this is by Cecilia Jemazmi, mining.com. Australia's Northern Star Resources is buying smaller, peer Saracan Mineral Holdings in a deal that will create an $11.5 billion U.S. gold giant, the world's eighth largest gold miner by market value. The $4.14 billion merger comes amid record high gold prices above $2,000 an ounce for the first time since August, brought on by investors rushing to safe haven assets in response to fears triggered by the coronavirus pandemic. The combined company with mines in Australia and Alaska, will produce 2 million ounces of gold per year from fiscal 2027. So it's a bit of a projection. So in 2027, they will have basically the equivalent of Agnico Eagle today. So just to contextualize it a little bit here, and the synergies from the purchase of Sarakin, Will save as much as $2 billion in operational savings. According to the miners, Northern Star, Australia's second largest gold miner, will own 64% of the combined entity, with Sarakin holding the remaining 36% stake. A shareholder meeting to formally approve the proposal will be held in January 2021. So the combined entity, Sarakin, is going to hold a third of it. And Northern Star and Sarakin already jointly run Australia's iconic super pit which has an estimated reserve of 7.3 million ounces and has produced an average of 660,000 ounces per year over the last five years. Impressive. And finally, the combined Northern Star Sarakin, which aims to become the world's seventh gold miner by output, the world's seventh largest gold miner by output, will focus on three production centers. One of them is Kalgoorlie, based around the Super Pit in central Australia. The second is Yandel, which will consolidate both companies' small mines and mills in the nearby desert region of Western Australia. And the third centre, around Northern Star's Pogo Mine in Alaska, is where the companies see major growth opportunities. Pogo, which the Perth-based miner bought in 2018 for $260 million, is expected to produce between 180 and 220,000 ounces of gold in the next 12 months. The goal of the mine is to churn out 300,000 ounces per year by 2023. There you have it. A little bit of education on what's going on in Australia. A big merger. And that's really the theme of the news on this, this episode. It's a whole bunch of mergers and sales and JVs. Here we go. Our next story is Agnico Eagle is investing $6.2 million in Maple Gold Mine, and they've signed a joint venture. They have signed an agreement to consolidate two adjacent land packages in Quebec into a 50-50 joint venture. There's lots of deals going on in the space right now. I haven't actually seen a lot written about how there is a lot of deal-making going on, but there is. The agreement, a binding term sheet, will combine Maple Gold Mine's Douay Gold Project in northern Quebec with Agnico's adjacent past producing Jutel project into a consolidated property package covering approximately 400 square kilometers. The term sheet envisions a 50-50 joint venture with Agnico and Maple Gold Mines agreeing to negotiate towards and enter into a definitive joint venture agreement within three months. The current agreement calls for Agnico to fund $18 million in exploration expenses over four years and for the two companies to jointly fund an additional... $500,000 of exploration work on VMS targets in the western portion of the Douay project. Each party would also receive a 2% net smelter return royalty on the property that they contribute to the JV, which could be bought back for $40 million each. And here we have Matthew Horner, Maple Gold Mines president and CEO. And he said, the strategic partnership with Agnico marks a transformational milestone for Maple Gold and supports the opportunity in front of us. Their involvement along with the Jutel contribution will create a highly prospective land package and has the potential to form an exciting new gold district in Quebec's BTB gold belt. So only a $6.2 million investment from Agnico, but it really just gives them a foothold. It grows their Jutel project. And it seems like to me, this is kind of a typical slow and steady Agnico Eagle move. This has Sean Boyd's name written all over it. And of course, Maple Gold Mines is happy. They're partnering up with Agnico, so much more likely that their project's going to happen. So interesting news in Quebec. Moving on. So then we have Osisko Royalties, and this one's a spin-out. Os- Osisco Royalties is spinning out Osisko Development, and they have raised $100 million. And here are some details by Canadian Mining Journal staff. Cisco Gold Royalties has announced the spin-out through a reverse takeover transaction of Osisco Development. The newly formed developer will hold the past-producing Caribou Gold project in BC and the San Antonio Gold asset in Mexico's Sonora State, in addition to other mineral assets and a portfolio of equity positions and publicly listed companies. Sandeep Singh, Osisco Royalties president, noted how the transaction is expected to simplify... The respective OSISCO companies, quote, We are very pleased to announce the spin-out transaction, which will simplify OSISCO royalties into a pure-play royalty and streaming company, while maintaining exposure to the company-making assets contributed to OSISCO development, end quote. And interestingly, Singh also highlighted that the technical team is being transferred to a Cisco development, makes sense, to leverage its mind building knowledge and that the royalty player will keep royalty and streaming interests in the assets transferred. So, a Cisco royalty is going to keep a royalty in Cisco development and their assets. And we have a quote from Sean Rosen, who is a Cisco royalty's chair and CEO. And he said, quote, we eagerly await the launch of a Cisco development to advance a rare set of near-term producing and flagship gold assets. Our vision is to develop the Caribou Gold Project into one of the predominant mining camps in Canada. And final details on this deal, Osisco royalties would hold 88% of a Cisco development, while 11.8% would be held by the holders of subscription receipts. And I believe that was the $100 million that got put into the company. Osisco Royalties holds over 135 royalties, streams, and precious metal offtakes on North American mineral assets. That's quite a few. So you can read the full story, and then there's details on some of their assets. That is on northernminer.com. And continuing on, and so here's the sale of a copper mine by Sumitomo. And Sumitomo is one of those interesting Japanese mining companies. I mean, they seem to have their hands in a lot of different things. I think they do it their own way, Sumitomo. Don't know too much about the company, but you just see them every month or so for years on end. You'll see Sumitomo's name mentioned. And they have sold their Sierra Gorda copper mine, and they have a 45% holding in the mine. And according to BMO Capital Markets Analyst Edward Sterk, he estimates that the present value of Sumitomo's stake is $513 million. So it's not exactly huge. It's not Small, but it's not huge. and We have a quote from Stirk. It is worth noting that the JV shareholders have been forced to provide external funding every year since inception due to disappointing performance, and this may drive a discount. So it doesn't sound like this investment is doing too well. And also, they're in partnership with a Polish miner, which is state-owned, called KGHM, and they are not interested in increasing their stake. So the world is looking for copper, but just not at Sierra Gorda. Jakub Schkopek, an analyst at BMM Bank, noted that Sumitomo's exit may pose further challenges to KGHM. Quote, the signal that Sumitomo wants to get rid of the Sierra Gorda project is, in our opinion, a negative one, and might mean that the possibilities of further fast efficiency improvements without major capital outlays will quickly run out. Another risk is whether after selling the stake by Sumitomo, a new owner will shoulder managing the project as well, as so far KGHM has visibly lacked such competences on international markets. Sounds like the Sierra Gorda project is in trouble. Read the whole thing on northernminer.com. And we have another sale. k sells American salt business for $3.2 billion, quite a bit bigger of a deal. It's by Cecilia Gemazmi, mining.com. German fertilizer producer KS AG has sold its America's Salt unit to the Kistner Group for $3.2 billion. And this is a move that would provide the company with funds to pay down debt. The sale of Morton Salt comes a decade after KS acquired it for $1.7 billion. So they, in fact, doubled their money. It was triggered by a drop in potash prices, which undermines the debt financing of the company's new potash mine in Canada called Bethune. So I guess they were hoping that potash would be a little higher at this point. The price tag to be paid in cash at closing represents 12 and a half times its 2019 earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of $257 million. The chairman of the board of directors, Burkhard Lohr for K+S, said, quote, "With the sale of our America's salt business, we are taking a giant step in reducing debt. We are thus creating a solid financial basis for the sustainable development of the company." So it sounds like KNS needed the money even at these historically low interest rates. And then scrolling down a bit, the company had to slash production in 2019 in response to weak potash demand following the lead of rivals such as Nutrien. In 2015, KNS fended off a 7.9 billion euro takeover bid from Nutrien at the time called Potash Corp of Saskatchewan of 41 euros per share. Right. So Nutrien took over Potash Corp of Saskatchewan. Potash stockpiles are at a record high, which means it will be months before the demand for fresh supply picks up. CRU senior potash analyst Humphrey Knight told Mining.com earlier this year, and spot prices are expected to remain subdued until late 2020. Yeah, you don't hear about potash very much. So signs of a bottom, you get a sale at the bottom there. Who knows? Finally, we're going to wrap up our news section just with a special diamond, I do have this soft spot in my heart for the diamond sector, which I find is a really challenged sector, but seems to still have it. its big fans. And here you go. Canadian Flawless Diamond sets online record at $15.7 million at auction. This is by Cecilia Jemez, mining.com. A rare flawless 102-carat white diamond found at the now-closed Victor Mine in Canada has sold for $15.7 million. A record price in an online auction. The small egg-sized diamond was cut from a larger 271-carat rough found in 2018 and then cut and polished for more than a year. The buyer, an unnamed Japanese man, I guess you'd want to keep your anonymity if you're buying $15.7 million diamonds, bought the stone for his second daughter and has already renamed it after her, the Maiko Star. He had previously bought an 88.22-carat diamond for his other daughter, Manami, last year the auction house said to so the Myco star. So thanks, dad. Yeah, so a very interesting, you know, the diamond market is such a unique market. So it's always fun to check in with them and see what's going on. And with that, let's take a look at metal prices. Turning to metal prices, we'd like to thank our friends at mining.com slash markets for providing us with these prices each and every week. And on October 13th, gold is trading at $1,923.30 per ounce. That is $12 higher than last week's quote. Silver is also trading higher at $25.05 per ounce. That is $0.75 higher than last week. Platinum is trading at $874.18. That is $13 lower than last week's quote. And palladium is trading higher at $2,426.73. That is $69 higher than last week's quote. And turning to our industrial metals, copper is much higher at $3.06 per pound. That is $0.15 higher than last week. Aluminum is also higher at $0.82 per pound. That is $0.05 higher. Lead is a penny higher at $0.81 per pound. And nickel is $0.33 higher at $6.80 per pound. Tin is at $8.26 per pound. That is $0.30 higher than last week. Cobalt is trading at $15.20 per pound. That is $0.19 lower than last week. Zinc is also higher at a dollar and 10 cents, which is six cents higher than last week's quote. So how I would characterize this is precious metals generally higher with a bit of a pullback in platinum and industrial metals generally almost universally higher except for a slight pullback in cobalt. So the wind is at their back and metals sail higher. And those are your metal price. And coming up, we have the groundbreaking ceremony at IM Gold's Cote Mine featuring Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, and Metagamy First Nation Chief Chad Blasoneau. And really what you hear, as I mentioned in the introduction, is the sheer importance of mining to the national, the provincial and the local economies. Jobs, jobs, jobs. And just a note, there is French here as Canadian politicians do, but don't worry, the French is always followed by English. If you don't understand French, it will be followed by English, which basically repeats what's said in French. It's a Canadian convention, just for any of our global listeners, because I know we have a lot in the US and Australia. We're trying to give you a first-class front-row seat on what's going on In the mining sector, so I hope you enjoy this and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Très Honorable, Justin Trudeau,
2: Premier ministre du Canada. Bonjour à tous. Merci Paul, merci Marc pour cette introduction et merci à chacun d'entre vous pour le travail exceptionnel que vous faites en représentant les gens de Sudbury et de Nickel Belt. Je sais à quel point c'est important pour vous que les gens de la classe moyenne aient accès à des bons emplois solides, alors c'est encore plus merveilleux de vous avoir parmi nous aujourd'hui ici. It's great to be here today with Premier Ford Doug, it's always so good to see you again. We also have Sudbury mayor Brian Bigger and Timmins mayor George Peary. And I'd like to take a moment to thank Chief Boissonneau for his welcome and Chief Ray for joining us, and I Am Gold CEO Gord Stoddart for welcoming us this morning. Before we begin, I'd like to recognize that today marks 19 years since the horrific terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Today, we remember the people we lost in this unthinkable tragedy. They were neighbors. Friends and family, as we pay tribute to their lives, let's also remember the bravery and the sacrifice of all the first responders who arrived on, the, arrived on the scene and rushed into buildings as others were fleeing. À l'occasion de la Journée nationale de service du Canada, nous rendons hommage aux gens de partout au pays qui mettent leur vie en danger pour aider les autres. Over the last few months, Canadians have been témoins of immense sacrifices des femmes women and men who are in the first line and who have worked day and night to ensure our security. On de tous of all Canadians, thank you for everything you have done and continue to do for our country. It's great to be here at the groundbreaking of the Côté Gold Mine. I know this is not just big news for the people of Gogama, but also for folks in Sudbury, Timmins, and right across Northern Ontario. During construction, this project will create more than a thousand good jobs for people in the area, as well as 450 full-time positions once it's completed. This project was made possible by international partner Sumimoto Metal, and went through an environmental assessment done by Environment and Climate Change Canada. We introduced the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan to support projects just like this one, projects that make Canada a great place to do business and create and protect good, lasting jobs for Canadians. Plus this cette année, je suis allé au Congrès mondial sur l'exploration et l'exploitation minière de l'Association canadienne des prospecteurs et entrepreneurs à Toronto. Je me souviens d'y avoir parlé de la rapidité à laquelle se transforme l'économie mondiale et les raisons pour lesquelles le Canada doit être un chef de file dans le secteur minier afin de conserver de bons emplois dans nos communautés. Évidemment, dans les mois qui ont suivi, l'économie, l'économie mondiale s'est transformée. Mais une réalité n'a pas changé, celle de l'importance des projets comme celui-ci pour les travailleurs, les familles et pour notre économie. Plus que jamais, nous aurons besoin d'une relance économique inclusive Et équitable pour tout le monde. Voilà pourquoi c'est formidable que voir que les Premières Nations avoisinantes, la Première Nation de Flying Post et celle de Matagami, sont également partenaires de ce projet. C'est un exemple de plus qui montre que lorsqu'on travaille ensemble, nous pouvons créer de bons emplois pour les communautés d'un bout à l'autre du pays. There's no doubt that the last few months have been hard for a lot of businesses across the country because of COVID-19. And the virus is still a health threat around the world and here at home. So as we safely reopen our economy, it will take time for us to make up the economic ground we lost to the global pandemic. But this project shows how our economy is getting back on its feet. International investors know that Canada is a good place to do business. Even as we face tough economic times around the world, global investors have confidence in Canadians. Right now, we have an opportunity to build a more resilient Canada. A Canada that's healthier and safer, more inclusive and fair. A Canada that's both greener and more competitive in the global economy of the future, tackling the threat of climate change while creating good jobs for years to come. As anyone in the mining industry already knows, we can't solve climate change without strong leadership from the natural resources sector. Just take the Borden Mine, which became Canada's first all-electric mining facility. Innovations across this sector will be crucial for a green recovery and will help drive the clean transition that we need from the nickel and cobalt that are used in batteries for electric vehicles and solar panels the mining sector is really important in building a better future for us all so our government stands ready to work with companies to build that more resilient healthier country where everyone has a real and fair chance to succeed ce sector a la possibilité de créer de bons emplois durables pour les canadiens de stimuler notre économie et de la voie la relance verte et cela commence par des projets comme celui ci nous allons continuer de travailler avec tous les ordres de gouvernement afin d'assurer un meilleur avenir pour tous les canadiens merci beaucoup je suis maintenant très content de céder la parole au premier ministre ford au
1: well, first of all, Good morning, everyone, and great to be here with the Prime Minister. Every time we get together, we seem to be having great announcements, so this is great when you're everyone's pulling in the same direction and, and working together that uh, we've been working together from day one of the COVID, and I appreciate the Prime Minister's leadership, the Mayor's leaderships, the Indigenous communities' uh, leaderships, and it's great to be here in beautiful Gogama, the heart of Northern Ontario. Bringing jobs to every part of this province is a top priority of our government, and I'm honoured to be supported. I always say my all-star ministers, Minister Greg Rickford, Minister Yakuboski, they're both doing an incredible job and and driving jobs forward. They're two of the hardest working ministers that I know down at Queen's Park for Northern Ontario. I'd also like to recognize Chief Bozzano. Chief, thank you, and Chief Ray. This couldn't happen without you. Without your cooperation, there wouldn't be 450 uh, full-time jobs. There wouldn't be 1,000 construction jobs. So we're very, very grateful, and you're absolute champions, and thank you for your leadership. But I also want to thank Gord. Gord, thank you and your team, and I am gold, for investing and having uh, faith in not only Ontario and Canada, within the Indigenous community, and thank you for uh, working with them. We can accomplish anything, as I said earlier, when we work together. After months of seeing COVID-19 hit our economy hard, we see a glimmer of hope. We see new opportunities right across our country and our province, and we take another step forward on the road to economic recovery. Today, we're breaking ground on an incredibly important project here at the future site of Cote Gold Mine. As you've heard many people say, Again, creating 450 full-time jobs. That's 450 people that can pay the bills now. They can help out their families and their, and their communities, put food on their table. And during the construction, this project, as we've heard again, over 1,000 1, uh, construction jobs that's so important for the region as a, as a whole. And those people are gonna be able to put a paycheck in their pocket and pay the bills and support the economy. It's absolutely incredible how one project can change so many lives in a community. And I know Minister Rickford Minister Yakuboski will speak to this in a moment. But I just want to say, it's always a good day when we hear those words, we have a problem with red tape. I love when people tell me that because those are the areas that we can support you and it doesn't cost the taxpayers a second, It, I mean a, a penny. It. it it just needs a political will to get uh, moving forward and, and I want to again thank the Prime Minister and all my Ministers for uh, pushing this forward. And that's exactly the case for, for this project. We were able to work with the Ministries of Energy, Minister of Natural Resources and, and Minister of Environment and the Environment is, is critical. We go through the process and uh, streamline approvals, remove roadblocks and make sure the project got shovels in the in the ground. We're ready to get Ontario back on track. Ontario is a mining powerhouse around the world. We're a leader when it comes to exploration and and production. Ontario's mining sector contributes $10 billion directly to Canada's GDP, employs over 71,000 people across our great country. After years of delay and decline and neglect, our government has been able to work with the industry partners to breathe new life into the sector and attract new investments. We've also worked closely with local municipalities, community leaders, and of course our Indigenous partners. And we need to keep going. With every shovel on the ground, we're taking another step towards recovery. Another step to ensuring no part of Ontario is left behind. We will work together to build a better, stronger future for the people of Northern Ontario, and for the people across this great province. And we won't stop until every single community, every single business and every single person in this province is back on their feet. Thank you and God bless the people of Ontario. Thank you. Um, I would now like to uh, invite uh, Chief Boisino once more of Motogamy First Nation to share with us his thoughts. Thank you.
3: Let's see if I could understand my wife's uh, writing here, so uh, bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) So again, uh, Anin, bonjour, hello. Uh, On behalf of the first Nation, I'd just like to welcome uh, all the participants, our friends, our provincial and federal leaders, Mr. Doug Ford, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and uh, there's so many people in. Politicians that I met here today, I apologize, uh, if I can't uh, pronounce your name, uh, uh, Mr. Mark Sheer, who is always reaching out to me to see how things are going, and uh, you know all other party reps like Mike. And uh, Mike, uh, there's a history with me and Mike, and uh, I just like to share with you, a eh? um, years ago when we grew up playing baseball, broom ball. Broom ball was a big sporter on this area, and a lot of people. Were surprised when they heard we played broom ball. they didn't know what it was and uh, they thought it was just chasing a ball around with a bunch of brooms uh, well probably that is exactly what it is <laughs> so then uh then we converted over to hockey and that but you know growing up with mike uh drew the years and that and then uh, you know as we get older we, we kind of separate and go our different ways uh have families uh mike moved away to uh to do Revel, and he was in the lumber business. Then the next thing you know, um, I find out he's uh, he's into the political uh, venue. So eventually, I ran into him there years later. And I told him, I said, "Mike, when you when you make prime minister, I got stuff on you, man." <laughs> <laughs> so um, so to to continue, I'd just like to say that uh, you know, today is going to be a, a historical event that uh, fortunately we are able to have, considering that the virus that has plagued uh, many parts of this world. Today we start to start the process of a prosperous journey for all stakeholders, local communities and their members and many other communities that this project will support for the benefit of our families and future generations of the next 20 plus years. More importantly I'd like to thank the Creator for the sacrifice that our Mother Earth has given us by providing the minerals that will be extracted for this and the vast amounts of employment opportunities this project will create to build and finally process the sought-after resource. i really like to thank the elders and past generations who, without their sacrifice, there may not have been such a long, uh, this may not be happening. There's, there's a long history and many stories that the site holds from decades of persistent exploration programs that uh, use a variety of past and present techniques to map out the minerals that lie beneath us. Stories and facts about the many faces that worked at the area of the deposit. Even myself, I, I worked here uh, 33 years ago in 1986. I, I've I had the pleasure of diamond drilling underground when it was an exploration ramp, so it's it's been uh, on, um, on the go for quite a few years. We've seen uh, multiple groups of companies that came and went throughout the decades and and uh, uh, a changed ownership uh, a few times, you know, such as Jester Muirgold Resources, Osprey Gold, Trelawney are a few of the names that I'm familiar with, and finally, our present partner, I am Gold and Sumutomo, who will now take us to a higher level of certainty that we can continue to enjoy the area and all the other resources that Mother provides for us, such as hunting, Fishing traditional medicines and are, are among some of the, the fruits that we utilize. And also being able to continue to teach our young generation the traditions and history of this area by being able to stay in the area for the jobs that are much needed for many people that continue living in this unique and diverse landscape in traditional territory of metogamy, flying posts, and gogamma. Uh, the topography were the two main. Topography in this area and the two main industries were forestry and mining have dictated the lifestyles of the past and present. We did have other opportunities such as the m and and the CN Railway who also contributed to some of the success stories, but also some not so good stories that had devastating impacts on the community members and the people of the region. Remember not so long ago we had uh, the big derailment in the area and it was unfortunate. Uh, as a parent, of two sons and a grandparent of two beautiful grandkids, grandsons. I sometimes share my memories of this, of the changes that I've seen over the last half a century, such as remembering that, uh, that it doesn't seem that long ago that uh, the only access of getting up here when I uh, growing up in Sault St. Marie, when we come to visit was by train, and we had to drive to Capreol and catch the train to come up here because there was no highway through here. So that's how old I am. And uh, my my kids, they look at that, and they you know they can't believe that because uh, you know they're not used, they've never seen that type of uh, or experience and anything like that in their in their history. So, uh, and in the stories that the people that before us, our grandparents and our elders, that uh, that shared with us about their lifestyles, living in the area, and uh, and the challenge they had growing up with uh, when there was no train tracks and no roads coming through. So that's, that's um, those are good stories that should not be forgotten. In closing, I'm sure that we can all agree that it's a sacrifice that we all make in our life. There's many sacrifices we all make in our lives that give us the motivation to support the uh, development such as this and the opportunities that will be created through this continuing relationship with Indigenous communities and non-Indigenous communities because we all, we all share the fruits, fruits of Mother Earth that Mother Earth provides. Through so negotiations and honest dialogue over the last, the last um, close to a decade and it may seem that long at times but in between there were some, some stalls and some hiccups. But uh, one of the solutions that we, we did to rectify that problem was go fishing. And Gorkin and the the corporate guys can attest to that, because we we were honored to bring them out a few times and to our secret lake there. We blindfolded them and brought them in. (laughs) We fed them, them, cleaned their fish for them, and we blindfolded them and sent them back out. So with this project, everybody, all the northern communities, from Sudbury to Timmins, we're all going to we're all going to live in harmony and prosperous prosperity with each other. The jobs that are will ensure that our children will be taken care of through the sacrifices that we've all shared to get us here today. I'd like to thank I am Gold and Gord and his corporate guys and uh, the past CEO Steve Letwin, who was a very nice guy to deal with as well, and uh, everybody else that was involved in. Uh, Actually, one more guy, uh, Dave. Everybody, nobody really knows Dave too much, but Dave Brown was instrumental, part of uh, the I Am team. He was a ground, grounded person here on the site and developed a, a good relationship with all members of the communities, flying posts, and mythogamy. And uh, sometimes you had to tell him to go home, but uh, he got the message. So, again, Miigwech, everybody. Thank you for being here today, and uh, we look forward to the future. Thank you.
0: A sunny goodbye from Metagami First Nation Chief Chad Boissonneau. Looking forward to the future. A note of optimism in a challenging year. Thank you once again for listening. I hope you improved your French a little bit. And we got lots on the plate coming up in the coming weeks. And don't forget to sign up for the Global Mining Symposium. It's only a month away. Get your seat now. It's free. Until next week, take care.